Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. Who are we? Well, I'm Amy. I'm the Pink Ranger. I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. And I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. Oh, good. We're all here and accounted for. I can mark you all off as presents on my attendance sheet, and it will uh, count as 5% towards your final grade at the end, grade at the end of the semester. Thank you, well, Godfrey. Well, at least I always <laughs> You're welcome. Well, let's just get right into it, have we? Who here has enjoyed a recent episode of Family Guy? Nope. What about The Simpsons? Nope. What about uh, any of those overstretched out adult cartoons? Because we know there are a lot of them. Uh, um, um, I actually have not watched television in about four months. You're going to be a super great contributor to this conversation. <laughs> With who? <laughs> uh, I'm an asshole. Sorry, Cole. I love you. But I do not love when people have a good idea. They had it 20 years ago and they coast on it. Uh, and there are ways to keep shows creative and fresh, but I think it would be good for us to discuss the way people get complacent with and the way people continue to innovate uh, adult cartoon shows. I and think fam I, th I personally agree that Simpsons has gone on five years too long. Yes. But what's weird with Simpsons, unfortunately, is that, so I think everybody pretty well agrees that it died after season nine. And it's just been a zombie. I don't even know how many episodes there are. I don't even know how many seasons there are. It, it's over 600 now. It's okay. over 9,000? Oh. Sorry. Yeah, not, not There's quite. only one episode that I still remember. It's the one where Homer gets kidnapped in Peru. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and the rainbow and the streets are covered in rainbow rats. Yep. Oh, and they have like really colorful money. It's yeah. like, oh, look at hey! Man, our money sure is gay. Yeah. <laughs> or and so, really sexual suggestive t uh, children's shows. Yep. Clockwise. Counterclockwise. So what made The Simpsons great at its peak? Because I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was an adult. Or I mean, Dragon Ball Z. You're going to watch what? But that was what? like rated G. PG. No. PG. PG. I wasn't allowed to watch Dragon Ball Z because there was blood. I, I had a fairly sheltered childhood. Been rebelling ever since. But uh, what what at its peak made The Simpsons the iconic adult cartoon it is? Well, I mean, a lot of what made The Simpsons such an integral show and why I do believe it has been successful for such a long period of time it was not so much an animated TV show. It, If you look back at the first several seasons, the first five in particular, it actually was still very much rooted in the family drama mentality. Even though it was a total comedy, the storylines were relatable. They were things that a lot of people understood, had gone through, and they were going and making light of problems that a lot of people have in real life the first several seasons really were fantastic and relatable in that respect and i think that that caught a lot of people's attention especially considering the offerings of the sitcoms and drama of the day which yeah. had just become more and more disconnected from reality the simpsons Such as? Was, 
Oh god. Uh give me a second here. I gotta go and look up some shit here. Cause there was I didn't a... know. That's how that's the phrase you use when your friend is talking out of their ass. Such as. <laughs> <laughs> Would you care to extrapolate, Robert? <laughs> give me give no. me one, give me one second. Is, I don't think I don't true. think it, you use it, Never mind. I, I never mind. I was gonna yeah. say I don't think you use extrapolate correctly, but yeah, go on. Yeah, that I is, mean, that is, that's how you say extrapolate. No, no but I don't think you no, use the right term. Uh, no, no, extrapolate means to like to infer. I used it wrong. There's another word that starts with an e that I want to use. You mean to expand? Uh, no, there's a better word. Elaborate. Elaborate. Yes, there you yes, go. Yes, yes. Because extrapolate, extrapolating would be taking. Elaborate. Word. So I don't have to extrapolate. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's, okay. it's extrapolating would be taking all your things and coming to a conclusion. From yes. Like inferring. I don't think the right word. Anyways. Welcome to Grammar Rangers, where we talk about nouns, pronouns, adjectives, and verbs. It's what you do. Yeah. I'm Amy. I'm the grammar Nazi. Because you, you extrapolate data, so you have a whole bunch of data, and then you would come to a plausible conclusion with the data of what you have. Don't you mean I'm Tyler, the conjunction, or conjugating Nazi? Oh, <laughs> I'll take it. Just, <laughs> oh my god. And All I'm right. Rob. <laughs> Hi, uh, Rob. Did I, I give you sufficient? Just, just Rob. Says yeah. enough. You, you, you've given, you. you've given me plenty of time here. No. Just such as. Yeah. So the '80s, when it came to television and in large respect movies, were a bit of a disappointing time period. There's a lot of things we remember from it because they were some of the few real standouts that went and came out during that period of time. The Simpsons started a bit of a television renaissance in a lot of respects, especially for comedies going and bringing the family comedy back into light and perspective and started going and bringing out the concept that a mundane concept can actually be entertaining. It's largely credited with Seinfeld's success as well. The show about nothing really just came from the realization through shows like The Simpsons that even a very basic premise can be funny to an outside observer. The episodes don't technically mean anything to, again separately. For the most part, I mean, The Simpsons did have some continuity for the first nine seasons, and now it's just there's there's nothing. <laughs> there's there's no continuity left. But look at the shows that were spawned around that: uh, Roseanne, uh, the later half of Cheers, Seinfeld, Friends. yeah, Friends, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Although Friends came later, that was ninety four. Or but Fresh Prince of Bel Air in 1990. A whole generation of these kind of it's really where sitcoms popularized in the modern sense because before that the most successful one that had come out uh in re her in previous memory at that point had been happy days which had stuck around way too long for starters i mean they'd run out of ideas uh after about season five 
and it just kept going on and on. I mean, the jumping the shark thing. I mean, there's a reason why that is a slogan. And there was a really dead period. Most shows that came out between uh, 1980 and 1991 were lasting less than a season. The number of shows that came out during that period of time is utterly depressing. And um, then the Simpsons comes quick, out. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. Um, My favorite sitcom does, of all time. <laughs> what does making your way in the world today take? Everything you got, but what does that have to do with happy days? Oh, that's cheers, isn't it? And <laughs> <laughs> delete Which I also that. brought up. <laughs> continue with your continue. <laughs> Edit this out later, she said in vain. What was that? One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock rock? Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock rock? <laughs> Is that what I we heard? Rock. No, yeah. that's not it either. No, that, that was that was season one's opening. It's not the opening right now. Yeah, no, that was started in season two. Seriously, I know way too much about happy days. Sunday, okay. Monday, happy days. Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, happy it. days. Thursday, oh. Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums, ready to race to you. I guess. I'm probably going to be doing a lot of jingles here today. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's why I'm here. I'm going to take a drink every time you jingle, though. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably a good idea. That'll go and numb the pain. But oh. yeah, The Simpsons, it was a different kind of television show and captured people's imagination. And it did go and change the landscape of what TV really was. Because before that, you know, you had shows like The Honeymooners, you had shows, uh, like happy days freeze company but, yeah exactly but when you're looking at animation most of those were either parodies like the flintstones or the jetsons which were really just parodies of the honeymooners uh someone make the argument the simpsons is as well but they weren't going and tackling subjects from really the adult's perspective it was always dumbed down for kids and then you went and had the simpsons which while I would still go and describe it as being easily accessible to a younger audience, really was geared more towards adults, and we're going and making light of real-life things in a comedic way that was different than what we'd seen in animation before. Plus, Bart Simpson was a total hellion and was going and saying things that at the time were considered to be taboo, according to both the FCC as well as most network censors fearing the FCC at the time. Since The Simpsons, which I would argue is, well, would you, South Park is another, when I think of the quintessential, like, starter pack adult cartoon, I think of The Simpsons and I think of South Park. Mm -hmm. South Park kind of challenged and redefined things in a very different way. As equal opportunity insulters, uh, they really upped the ante on controversy like nobody has really done before. Yeah, although that that really came about more with the downfall of the FCC and the uh, fairness doctrine that came before it. Because if you go and watch back on especially any of the Steven Spielberg produced kids shows, uh, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, uh, Hysteria, any of that stuff, they were always making fun of the FCC and the censors. There was a lot of reasons for that. They were being so over the top. The Simpsons at one time was the most fined television show in history. 
because oh, wow. of their use of words like but. Hmm. Yeah, seriously, things things got weird, especially in the late 70s going into the early 80s, and it just carried from there into the 90s. It was weird. You couldn't go and put something like South Park on until uh, the FCC was kind of reined in, because the FCC itself doesn't actually have any regulatory power. It's granted power by Congress, mm -hmm. uh, but you went and had a couple of guys that were there for multiple administrations that just were going and focusing on, or focusing on consolidating their power more and more and more. In the mid-90s, uh, the FCC was really stripped down to bare bones again, so that it was going and acting on Congress's behalf to write regulation, but wasn't going and uh, creating its own rules or laws and enforcing things the same way, much more the way that it was supposed to be intended in the first place. And that ended up freeing up a lot of things so that something like South Park could exist while extremely controversial wasn't going and breaking any rules. Wasn't it still, it was still super messed up because that's the whole South Park movie issue that they had. Uh, that's why they made it the, uh, un, that's why it became the uncut uh, movie. That or... wasn't due to the FCC though. That had to go and do with the MPAA. Oh, right. That was an independent organization that goes and governs the movie ratings. It's not a government right. entity. Yeah. I actually watched a whole documentary on that. Yeah. Um, the This movie is not yet rated documentary. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, they have, they're supposed to have a constantly fluctuating group of parents of young children who are making these ratings and viewing these movies. But it's been the same people for so long that their their children are in college and this it's no longer necessarily uh, a group of active parents and there's been a lot of instances where certain material that is viewed as unchristian has been discriminated against so scenes where uh in i'm sorry or i'm just i'm sorry i'm just a cheerleader i'm just a cheerleader i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm spacing the type oh but i'm a cheerleader uh a girl experiences a a female orgasm and you don't see anything it's implied that someone's going down on her and you just see her face r rating but you can you can do heteronormative things and and get by with the pg-13 because when you give something an r rating it really restricts the audience and it's going to be harder to make money because you know fewer people can see your movie i don't know uh i kind of got on a tangent there but uh, uh... the rating system is hugely unfair for movies in america yeah, that is uh, that, that's up everywhere, though. I mean, it's not just in the U.S. You should go and see what the British system is like. I, I want to say that's changed nowadays. Like uh, now it's almost a selling feature to have an R-rated movie because of the whole Wolverine and Deadpool stuff where they're like, oh, let's just make it R-rated. Uh, and because the audience is there now to have R-rated movies, it's not like you're going to go make a kid like you go. If you want to go make a kid's movie that all the kids are going to see, you, you go make the emotion movie or e, uh uh not emotion movie uh why emoji. am i emoji movie there we go Let's cut down the word you just make the emoji movie which is super a super shitty movie with a bunch of um uh, uh sponsored ads in the game in the movie and then you get all the kids to go see it and then you just make lots of money and make a shitty movie or thanks, you sony. go hmm is it thanks sony yeah <laughs> Which is bad because they've actually made some pretty good movies, but yeah. Um, 
Or you can go have the selling feature of saying, hey, this is an R-rated movie. And then you know there aren't going to be any kids going to go see it. But then you know the jokes are going to be, be very adult and thus funnier or more actiony and gory, if that's it, what people want. It depends on the genre. Because when I see that a, a horror movie is rated PG-13, I discredit it. And I generally won't watch PG-13 horror movies. Um, so I don't know. It depends on the genre. It's very new. People, it took a long time for movie producers to feel out the fan base that would be interested in seeing superhero movies that are rated R. Uh, but, I, you know, it's there. Sort sort of. I mean, you got to remember, Blade came out in the 90s, and that was a really successful film. I think part of the problem with R-rated movies and part of the stigma that's a lot of times quoted, there is definitely some truth to it. But at the same time, I think part of it's more about figuring out what really needs to be R, what's going to be capable of being marketed as R, and what's actually going to have an audience. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, R-rated movies, we've seen in the last couple of years that the number of R-rated films that have come out have actually increased at a faster rate than any other rating block. Hmm. But they're making less money than, or than either one of the either PG or uh, PG-13 rating blocks at the same time. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Sometimes you just make a movie that nobody wants to watch. And because R is, it's restricted in terms of who can watch it, but it's very unrestricted in terms of what can be into it. There's very few things that don't fly in an R-rated movie anymore. You end up with something like Sausage Party, which, hey, R-rated animated comedy. This is going to go and attract people. Yeah, it, it really didn't. I mean, it went all out. I mean, it had everything you would expect in a R-rated comedy from Seth Rogen, but... That movie was terrible. It was Sorry, terrible. I, I still haven't seen it. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah. And I was planning to watch it eventually, but I just haven't so, gotten around to it. It is worth... <laughs> it is worth watching if you want to go and have a case study in how not to go and make a successful film. Like from it, production. See, that's 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 the part of it is like there's there's a there's one thing where just making an R-rated movie means you get away with some stuff, but the problem with that is the whole fact of just trying to be raunchy for the sake of being raunchy. Yeah. Just because it's rated eighteen and up doesn't mean you have to be raunchy all the time. You can just have more subtle humor in there that would maybe get caught in a lower rating, but would be completely free in this one. But yeah. like. We have this, this is the same problem I see what happens with uh, like uh, cosplay chess that we have. We have our, our main game, which is PG rated. And then we have our late night, which is R rated, basically. Mm -hmm. um, 18 and up. I, yeah. I think that's R rated. No that's, nudity. Yeah, that's, no, that's, no nudity. Yeah. And like, I still, I like Not to do yet. really, it's like, you can do jokes. Uh, even then, a lot of my jokes that I do for that could still almost be PG-13 rated jokes, but they're kind of sexually innuendos. So they're better for R-rated, but then seeing just people just trying to be vulgar and raunchy just for the sake, because they can, that's not entertaining. Yeah, well, or it is entertaining to a very niche crowd, which is not going to bring in ticket sales. Well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's go and look at this from a different perspective here, because I could go and name a bunch of bad films that just got R ratings because they were just trying to push the envelope. And then you have movies like Ted, a comedy 
that knew on how to go and use that rating and to be able to go and maximize the material. Like that's that's one of the few examples of Seth MacFarlane where I can actually go and say that there was real creativity past the first couple of seasons of Family Guy. Like there were some good ideas and they knew how to push the envelope with R. Because uh, you could make a PG-13 film out of it. It just wouldn't be as funny because they couldn't do some of the jokes in there. But they didn't take it over the top. They didn't go too far at any point. And the same thing with, like, Logan, uh, for example. That's a movie that didn't need to be R. But because of the way that they went and used the extra liberties in there, it worked really well. And it made a lot of money. It did make money because it was rated R. I think it, may, or I think it just became a more genuine watching experience because they weren't restricted by things. And the audience did go and find that. Both of those films broke records and did a great job. And yeah, something like Deadpool needed to be R. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. There's no getting around that one. But, I can just imagine if they tried to make it PG-13. You know how you get one fuck in PG-13 movies? Yeah. Like, okay, how are we going to use our one special fuck word? You know? Like, anyway... Yeah, you actually do get, you actually don't have a set limit on that. It's more the context by which it's used. Really? Yeah, I thought be, it'd be, the thing is, like, they probably would have gone from And you got one fuck per PG 13 movie. That's what, her, that's what people believe the general rule is, but there's actually been movies like uh, John Travolta's Be Cool, where he actually says it twice in a row. And it's because they're making fun of the fact that the FCC has this one fuck rule. Oh, I remember that scene. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's it's not a given rule. It's more how it's used in the context by it. Because even one fuck, while it's not necessarily going to get you to, P or to our rating, it could be a situation on where other context that goes along with it could go and push it up there. It's not the word itself that goes and uh, earns the rating. It's a lot of times discouraged, but it's not a given on there. What uh and then what was Jay and Silent Bob rated as? That was an R-rated movie, right? That was R, yeah. Yeah. That was just. No, that was just no a I don't think it was. Jay and Silent Bob. in a little bit. Oh god. Because we got to a whole. Separate... Strike back. Or are we talking Clerks? Strike back. No, like Strike Back. That's the one we're talking about. We're always going on tangents. Still. I know. I know. But no, it like, is R. Never mind. So... Remains of the argument. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm pretty sure all those movies were R. Clerks might not be. So, as far as for television, though, because we can talk about R-rated movies for a long time, yes. it's kind of a whole separate topic, guys. We're always <laughs> like, we don't have any topics, and then we do, and then we have many topics. It's like, well, I thought we just needed one. Uh, South Park Tangents. has to push the envelope it was. and do all of that, but it can't be anything that can't be shown on TV. That's kind of a unique challenge to be have this notoriety as such a vulgar cartoon, but not being able to. I think that's why they needed that movie, just to get something, like, some, their outlet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, and then, on the opposite end of the spectrum are things that do, in my opinion, not push the envelope, or only push the envelope for shock value, such as Family Guy, mm -hmm. uh, which is such a blatant Simpsons copy, American Dad, copy of Family Guy copying Simpsons. Uh, how how do you think that show, what went wrong? What went wrong, guys? It was so I funny when I was 12. Was Did I just funny. grow up, or is it just I, got worse? I, 
I'll probably Hello? Family Guy. I haven't seen it recently, so I don't know if it recently stuff is bad, but I don't, I don't know. I, I I'm probably gonna end up talking a lot this podcast because this Go particular hard. show is one of my um one of the banes of my existence anymore. I because... would love if you kept talking during this show. Okay, I will keep I talking. All right, because the first three seasons of Family Guy, the original run actually is really good i i'm not gonna say every episode i liked, is fantastic. I liked it i liked that yeah, the, it was a good show it was refreshing seasons, yeah no that's just it and yes it did kind of copy the simpsons i mean there's some episodes that are literally just carbon copies but i'm not gonna hold that against them because they never approached it from the same angle wait i gotta i gotta right here i gotta stop yeah and i gotta connect all three of them together of south park and this because south park had the one episode where it was all about Simpsons did it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you read my mind. I was going to talk about that one because I'm yeah. not a huge South Park fan, but that is my favorite episode. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Well, fuck, of course Simpsons did it. They've been on forever. They've done everything already. Yeah, when you've been on for 20 years, it's really hard not to go and run to something they've done. But they've also been caught doing stuff from the future, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the Trump is president shit. Oh yeah, there's more than that, but yeah, no, like there. I saw some list and went and clicked through it, and it was like a hundred things the Simpsons predicted, and it's like, okay, most of these we already kind of knew were coming. We just didn't actually have a product or anything like that. But there's like twenty of them. It's just like, oh, that's actually kind of spooky. Um, <laughs> but going back to Family Guy. That show went and took what used to be great about The Simpsons, because at that point, The Simpsons had really been on for at least eight years too long. I mean, when you went and had the whole uh, Principal Seymour Skitten, or Skinner is actually assuming somebody else's identity. His name's Armin Tanzarian. He's a Hellion and blah, blah, blah. That's where a lot of people think The Simpsons died. And it was still going and airing, and it was still having decent ratings, but nowhere near what it had in the first several seasons. And then Family Guy goes and comes along, and it has a pretty good pilot, gets some good ratings on there, follows up a new episode of The Simpsons, and manages to go and hold the demo. Instantly picked up. I mean, it was just good, and it captured a lot of what the earlier Simpsons episodes had, there was actually a lot of heart in it. It really was a story about Peter Griffin. It was a story about a father and not the brightest guy on the planet, much like Homer Simpson, just trying to figure out where he fits in the world and how to go and raise his family and get them through it. And it was, it was not, he was willing to be obscure with shit. Whereas the Simpsons initially had been very grounded this show just went off the rails right from the first episode, even just going and dumping welfare money over the Super Bowl from a blimp. It's like, this is insane, but it's also kind of charming and endearing too. going and seeing Peter's senses of elation, regret. There were some really good and heartfelt moments in those first couple of seasons and it was such an obscure concept i mean just stewie griffin by himself is one mm -hmm. or i should say was one of the most interesting characters oh he's great that had been animated my favorite things about family guy are stewie griffin 
Adam West and the chicken. Yeah, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can definitely understand that. And, and yeah, just some of the obscure cameos, because whereas The Simpsons really called attention whenever they had a guest star on, you didn't necessarily get that with the early uh, Family Guy episodes. Sometimes it was just absolutely obscure. When Adam West showed up in there, it's just like, what? Mayor Adam West? Where, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> like, there was... The Bat Cave, obviously. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was dumb. It was interesting. And it caught a lot of people's attention. But it didn't hold up well in the ratings overall. It just could never quite go and break the numbers that they were going and looking for in the network, especially at that time, because NBC, even though it was shown on Sundays, their Thursday night comedy lineup, their sitcoms were destroying everything else on television. And that was the go her. That was the marker that everybody was trying to find. And while The Simpsons had shrunk in popularity, was still holding that line. Family Guy never went quite hit that number that it needed to. A well, lot of the early... that, wasn't it kind of later too? Like it was at not the best. Did Family Guy, as I understand it, really gained its traction during its Adult Swim revival. That was really the big thing that went and changed it. Because yeah, the time slot it originally premiered in, I won't say it was bad by any stretch, but when they moved it farther and farther back, because you had two real ratings juggernauts on Sunday night, and I mean just in general. Looking at even by modern standards, The Simpsons, followed up by King of the Hill, were a great tag team to go and lock down that time period. That mm. 8 to 9 o'clock time period, they dominated pretty much everything else that got put up against it. And it was competing very well against the Thursday night lineup over at NBC. Family Guy at 9 o'clock wasn't going and holding true. And when they went and moved it to 9.30, whenever they'd introduce a new show in 9 o'clock... It just really didn't go and hold up. Season three legitimately had bad ratings. I know a lot of people look at it back now. It's just like, oh, why did Fox ever cancel it? Look at all these dumb shows they had. I mean, they made a joke about it in the first episode of season four after the revival about all the shows that had come and gone since the cancellation of Family Guy. But it's also like some of those shows had ratings that were twice as high as what your viewership was in the last season. Just because it's good doesn't necessarily mean that everybody recognizes how good your stuff is. And like I said, the first three seasons were really good for Family Guy. And thanks to Adult Swim and someplace that doesn't get a lot of credit, TBS showed a lot of reruns of that as well. Turner Broadcasting, who had a partnership with Fox. Uh, they at one time were also going and rerunning uh, Futurama there as well. Same with Adult Swim. I mean, the two of them were kind of in tandem and running uh, side angles on there. Both of those channels, both owned by TNT, or sorry, not TNT, uh, Time Warner uh, Communications, um, they really got both of those shows back up off the ground after their cancellations at Fox. You know, one of them went over to Comedy Central, ultimately. The other one ended up going over to Fox again for a second time around, and is still there to this day. Um, and season four of Family Guy actually was still really good. It felt like it still had that kind of soul. It was different. It had definitely changed. But comedy had also changed a lot in the 10 years that it had been canceled. And then it just stagnated. It just felt like a lot like Simpsons that had run out of ideas. 
and has slowly mm-hmm. shifted over the last couple of seasons more to shock value. And I think ultimately misunderstanding a lot of the appeal. Oh, it's more based on cutaway jokes now than it is about I'm, good what, dynamics uh, writing. I'm remembering now South Park also made references to Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And that's the one with the manatee tank, wasn't it? Tyler, you're pulling a coal where you bring something up that's totally not related to what Rob was saying. <laughs> but isn't it? Isn't it? It, 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 it kind of is, yeah. No, I, I get uh, where you're coming from. Tyler, I elaborate more. Rob was grooving there. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it, this is a little quick antidote where, again, that's the problem with South Park. South Park, yeah, they have a lot of seasons. I think, what was it, season, was it season 10 or season 13? In between one of those seasons was, like, their best season. That's, like, the, the one season that had the uh, World of Warcraft episode. Yeah. That was, that was a great season. Uh, the problem with South Park is it's very, very topical. So that's how they kept it uh fresh is by having it very topical so it's like always a current issue is happening and it would be a satirical take on that current issue of what's going on and so you don't run out of content because guess what the world keeps turning something keeps happening um but that means if you want to go back and watch episodes they become very dated um because it's all very topical stuff so uh this is about the time uh, South Park made this episode, and it was kind of like when Family Guy started becoming stale. Um, I believe it was Family Guy. I swear it was Family Guy. It was basically there was a the Family Guy writers. Um, they just wrote stories because what they had in the back was a tank full of manatees, and they had a whole bunch of balls that they had written ideas on, and it was just like couch, uh, juggler, uh, escape convict and then they just put all these balls in the manatee pool and then they would like swim around i think it was manatees i'm pretty sure it's manatees i think it's manatees yeah they would pick up a ball bring it to the top and then as soon as like three balls came out they would have their plot for the day for the next episode but they were very picky and if there was every ever one of the balls missing from the tank the manatees just wouldn't do anything so what happened is like one time one person took uh, I, I think it was Butters. It's always Butters. Took a ball from the tank. Um, unless it was Carmen. I don't remember. Anyways, he took a ball from the tank, and the manatees just stopped doing floating them up. And then they were like, what's wrong? Why? All the writers were like, what's wrong with manatees? Are they upset? Are they on strike? So it's like they had a writer's strike. And it's like the manatees, and they just couldn't figure it out just because they took one ball out of there. And that was the plot plot of South Park that day for that episode about Family Guy, of how... It was very, became so random episodes and again, um, stale, I guess, where they had yeah. just had basic ideas and they just pasted them together. Um, that was their jab on Family Guy. And then I think, how did the episode solve itself? I think they put someone in there and then they like fixed it. I don't know. It's... I don't even remember the episode. I just remember that part of the episode where South Park is just really, really weird and kind of goes extra miles, but it, it always like comments on what's current and topical. And so that's how they kind of keep their com- their content going through season after season. Um, and then that just sort of becomes repetitive as well. Well, yeah. they had an episode about how they make South Park episodes, not with manatees, 
but how they make them basically the week up, like they make it in a few days. So yeah. everything's incredibly current. Yeah, no, it's it's something that's worked well for South Park, although even that seems to be losing itself a little bit because now they're coming up with these season-long narratives that they're going and doing. Oh, yeah, last season was terrible. It was about Cartman getting a girlfriend, and it was just... Yeah, and that's... I understand why that would be somewhat of an ideal situation for writers, but part of the reason, and I remember reading this in like a Forbes article or something like that, talking about why South Park has managed to maintain pretty consistent ratings, because it's never really been a ratings juggernaut, but the advantage to it is because it's always topical, they're always bringing new people in. There's always this new viewership that's constantly coming in, even though they do have a lot of people that a lot of times it's described as aging out, but people just lose interest in things. I don't think it has anything to do with age in the case of South Park. I think that's more something that can be described with children's entertainment. That's something that works really well for them. And then this last season with this larger narrative design just basically made it into another animated comedy. Yeah. It just didn't have enough that really stood out. Because they've got good characters. I mean, they they understand the idea that oh god, uh, what the hell, uh, what the hell is his name? Craig McCracken, thank god. Okay. Craig McCracken is the guy that created Powerpuff Girls, uh, worked on a lot of the Cartoon Network shows as time went along, uh, especially in the early development cycle. Uh, he's also married to Lauren Faust for any My Little Pony fans out there because, you know, you always got to mention the two of them together or the hate mail comes in. <laughs> he had... You get mail? We don't get mail. Yeah, occasionally we get mail. We don't get mail. We don't even have listeners. <laughs> One of these days, you guys... I've trained her well. <laughs> My God. Uh, anyway, he's got a great development cycle concept. When it comes to making especially an animated television show, it's about having good characters first. You can have as good of a plot as you want, but if you don't have characters that are flexible, it makes it hard to do episodic shows. Something that South Park does really well. Something that worked for old Looney Tunes episodes. Something that worked for the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. Was that they made these great characters and that they could throw them into a lot of different scenarios they can throw them into a lot of different situations and it would work south park does a great job of that in a pseudo real world setting of being able to go and have these well-designed core characters and being able to go and have them do just insane things the rules of the world are not fine her are not well enough established that there's any real limitations for them going and having a restrictive storyline like that works against them a lot Versus going and having it be a episode-to-episode -episode topical subject-to-topical subject scenario works really well for them. There is so much open opportunity for them that way. Well, I wonder what drove them to that decision. Because I would get bored doing the same thing for 20 years, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. What have I been doing since I was six? <laughs> <laughs> You're so young. So young. When I was your age. No. Uh, Get off my yeah. lawn. I haven't been on the podcast since my birthday. Yeah. January 20th. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I... I don't know, though. I love South Park because I feel like they still have... Even less so now, but for me, they still, to me, symbolize, like, rebellion. You know, watching something you weren't allowed to. So, for me, it'll always kind of hold hold a special mm-hmm. spot. The, the reason I thought this would be relevant is Futurama had a long battle to stay on the air. Like, it canceled, they put on the air, people demand Futurama back. Futurama is one of those few adult cartoons that some cartoons push the envelope by going raunchy or going daring. They would go sad when you didn't expect them to. And that was just, I don't know, Futurama was and an adult cartoon, but, but also touching. Uh, but the producers have come out with a new one on Netflix, Disenchanted. Uh, has anybody seen that? Oh, I really liked it, actually. I haven't I seen it yet, but I've heard of it. I like the music. I really yeah. like that music. No, it's there's a lot of good music in there. I love the opening. It's as catchy as hell. Just yeah. It gets yeah. me pumped for every episode. I I'm about ready to go and rewatch it again. I really liked it. And it's kind of pissing me off because I keep going and seeing things, whether it's on YouTube or any time that I'm going and opening up uh MSN at work because I need to go through stupid Internet Explorer browser and it won't let me go and save a different website for my primary login. Long story short, uh, I keep going and seeing these things where people are talking about how it's a disappointment and all that. It's like, who is actually saying this? I don't understand it. It's actually really good. I mean, it's not the problems, yeah, but I don't understand it. It's It's not as funny as Futurama so far, but it is good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as attached to the characters yet, and there aren't as many characters yet. Yeah, I I don't know. This is kind of a weird one because I love Matt Groening's work. I, this is the guy that went and created The Simpsons and worked on it for, I think, the first eight seasons uh, really closely and has kind of stepped back since then. He pops up whenever the show's at risk of cancellation and then, oh, it got better for a couple of seasons and then walks away again. And then he went and did Futurama in 2000. And I loved it. And that one stayed a lot more consistent all the way through. I'll, I'll go and say that. Because he had the first four seasons, then cancellation, then did the movies, then got brought back. And yeah, the more limited budget definitely took back a little bit, but it was still really good. The writing is really what stands out on there and the characters and emotion. And yeah, like Amy said, they're willing to go sad. Yeah. I did get a little burnt out, but Scrubs did this to me too. Like a lot of shows yeah. do this. On oh, the, I love Scrubs. On the uh, the Fry and Leela. Leela, like love romance tension. They do, then they don't, then it's hinted, then it isn't. It's like, hey guys, like I can only yeah. be invested for. I don't know. It's that, that one. That is a plot device everybody should know is like a ticking time bomb. You can only drag that kind of plot device out so long. That one did kind of work initially because you have to remember that original run of Futurama, they knew when they were going to be canceled. Like they knew the season beforehand when it was going to end and they tailored a lot of the writing in that, you know, original final season around that. 
Because, yeah, everybody's waiting for that to go and happen, but they'll only go and pay attention for so long. When the revival happened, that throws a lot of problems in. Yeah. Because then you have to go and bring that back, or you need to commit to it and risk something different. Everybody, too, wants to see people get together, but they don't want to see people be together. Exactly, yeah. And that's that's a real problem in writing, um, especially for network television in particular. And I think part of it's commitments to actors and paychecks and all that kind of stuff. Like the Screen Actors Guild in particular is really rough to go and work with. Um, I swear I'll keep this off tangent short because it's topical. Uh, You're fine. Yeah, looking at... Yeah, looking at something like the live-action television series Gotham, has anybody watched that? There is too much superhero (laughs) programming for me. Sorry. Yeah, I can totally understand that. (laughs) I saw Gotham, and it didn't really appeal to me. The the first half of the first season is really rough, but the concept is good behind it. It's Gotham before Batman. Yeah. And... The first couple of seasons, after the first half of season one, I mean, the first half is god-awful, and I don't know how the hell it got as big of a series commitment as it did. I really don't understand that. The second half of season one was good, season two was good, and season three was pretty good overall, but they made a lot of mistakes in there. The biggest one is, and this is a problem I have with a lot of television series, they're not willing to change up the cast or they're not willing to introduce new elements. They want to keep focusing on the same thing because they're paying this actor or this actress so much money to go and be on screen instead of trying something new. In the case of Gotham, they keep bringing in this kid that is a terrible actor as Bruce Wayne and keep wanting to go and have him on screen. If you want to make this work, you need at some point to be willing to either age up your younger cast or jump some time on there because you can't keep everything in this five-year period and expect it to all resolve into what the series is supposed to end as. They forecast what the series is going to end like. You're not going to keep this going for 20 years to go and get this kid up to that point. And it struggles because of that in the later seasons because there's nowhere for it to go. They hit an apex. And now the Penguin, who I actually really liked in the earlier seasons, going and seeing how the character evolved, is now the mayor of Gotham City and is a hero unto himself. And now he's gay for some reason, because that's a checkbox you need to go and hit now, apparently. I guess so. Have you seen the Riddler in those green tights? (laughs) That would make more sense. You yeah. say he's only gay for some reason? Boy, please. <laughs> no, <laughs> Riddle like, me this. Yeah. What do you want to do to this ass? <laughs> Penguin. <laughs> oh, Sorry. No, no, that, that actually was a great joke right there. I wish the series had been willing to go and take a turn like that. <laughs> but because they're trying to go and make this just into some melodramatic drama. Right. Everything has to be so yeah that's just it and like scrubs when they revived that that was a big mistake too because they just tried to go back to the same procedural thing and it doesn't work anymore 
We're disconnected. Oh. You have to reestablish everything. They should have been bringing in at least some new characters into it. Use your existing cast and everything that we love about them. Use that as a way of bringing something new in. Or like with Glee, which I like. Wait, are we talking about Scrubs now? Or Scrubs? What are, you about? are you talking about season nine of Scrubs where they have an entirely new cast? And yeah, JD but still and bring back Carly like three people. In for, but yeah. like for four episodes and you don't even see Carla. But you yeah. think they should have put in more new characters? Well, here's my problem with Scrubs season nine. There's a great concept behind it with on how they bring her with bringing in new characters, but they didn't do enough to ground it to what it used to be. They tried to take the same concept, the same procedural nature of the episodes, but they didn't go and do anything to go and hold the initial audience that had built up the show before. Do you know what they're missing? The janitor. Yes. That's it. I knew it. I, that's what you're thinking. Yeah. That's Dr. Yanni right Tor. <laughs> yeah. Because that was, that was the weird craziness of the whole thing where he was out there and then he was gone and then you just lost that glue that held it away because he was just surreal he just did not make sense yeah no and that and he was going and doing another show on abc ironically so <laughs> well i don't know scrubs got weird and it i did. like it yeah. i like when shows get weird it's I, yeah 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 but not too weird not like agents of Seals of how weird that got because that not was like drawn to bring back to our adult cartoons not like drawn together weird no, no. I love Drawn Together. We can't just not talk about Drawn Together. I, I fucking love Drawn together. together. And it got to the point where I was embarrassed by my suggestion. I like it too. There are some episodes that I'm just like, oh. Yeah, but some of those episodes were like, they just, they didn't even air them because they were just too much. So they yeah. like, there's some like lost episodes because of that. Yeah. It was so fun and experimental. Like, I don't recognize it as a good show, but I, I recognize it. it as a great show. I love it. <laughs> I've rewatched that seven times. Yeah. I am. Hi. Have you? What a waste of time. Yeah. And the I movie. Oh, the movie's horrible. The movie's not the best, but the no, movie's it, funny because they point at themselves where they get the movie and then they're like flying over the islands and they're going to 3D Island and they're like, oh, we got like three seasons. You should be happy with that. We're flying over this island right now. And it's, it's good. Yeah. Oh, th that movie was so bitter. Just, oh. I also have some problems with that one because of the animation. Maybe that's what pisses me off more than anything else there, but God, that movie. Yeah. I will shut up on the drawn together movie. I'm I'm not gonna go there. I will not rant. I will not rant on that. I don't know. I like drawn together. Uh, but then like there was Total Drama Island, which was the same formula, but apparently for kids. But like in Canada, they like had topless women in it and things like that. It was like blurred. Yeah. In Canada, her shirt gets caught on a branch and it's blurred out, and she's like this. And they have the word testicles in it, the meat testicles, like the cow testicles that they fit in Canada. I just watched a YouTube on this by Saber Spark, who's one yeah. of my favorites. What's wrong with the word testicles? Saber Spark's voice actually reminds me of Cole a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my condolences. No, I watched the same episode on there. Did but, you? Yes. Yeah, but they Good did job. go and show the pixelation in America as well. There's a myth about that one. I was watching that show. Were you? That because shit. that show was terrible. <laughs> it was interesting to me at the time. It was more of one of those case study things where it's just like, this is fascinating to me that they did something like this. And eh, it's okay. 
but yeah, no, the, the pixelated boobies were in there, but yes, he's entirely correct about the uh, edits on uh, certain words that were just either cut or uh, re-recorded. Uh-huh. That was... It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> you guys should go watch Saber Spark. I'm just yeah. saying. Sorry, I, I, the I, tangent. I, but he's, fuck, 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 I love that guy. He's great. I don't even know this guy. I'm not even plugging my friend this time. This is just a legitimate plug. We, we plug a lot of weird YouTube channels. <laughs> he, like, watches obscure shitty things and is like, this is a critique. And he's good at critiquing. Yeah. Like Robin Cole had a child, and their child started a YouTube video. Cole's <laughs> voice and Rob's critical mind. Yeah, God, his his video on Totally Spies. I never watched that. Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so did my. Say. Yeah. So, so did my. I, uh, I, I'm gonna have to say. I gotta have to stop us right here. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna have to take no, don't that. interrupt him. Stop interrupting. Everyone him. should be taking a drink right now, just for the fact of how many of these canadian cartoons we're talking about because that's just part of facts of canada and i just said take a drink so yeah. <laughs> so take take like three there we go and uh, yeah. more yeah Te- teletune and ytv giving us some of the most interesting um things now continue what yeah. about totally but, spies My yeah God. yeah that i he this is where we just go and plug a random channel here. Um, yeah, Saberspark did a really interesting dive into a show that I've never seen, but I know a lot of people around me have, including my fiance, who I watched the video with. Had no idea what it was. It was basically just a dive into what the show is. And is it secretly fetish fuel? <laughs> and he approached it from a critical perspective on there. That I never would have guessed. And granted, having not watched the show, I don't have that much context onto it. But I'd like to think that he did actually go and give it a reasonable treatment on there. And actually did come up to what I think is probably the right conclusion that, listen, people are going to go and find shit that they're into. And this show had a lot of that, but whether or not... Yeah, exactly. It's impossible to say. It's like, I, I like the fact that he didn't just do the classic YouTuber definitively. Yes, because this is my opinion. Right. No, he's he's a good he's yeah. a good YouTube reviewer. Yeah. Very no, very I, very systematic. Yeah. No, he's he's got a good review criteria base for everything, and yeah, I I love his stuff, even if. Um, even if he has spent a little bit too much time going and talking about the Teen Titan Go situation. Oh, whatever. That is a situation. It is definitely a situation. Also, like, that's super clickbait. I'm sure, like, like with me, with my cosplays and which ones I put more photos up of, like, you respond to what you get uh, feedback on, you know? So... I don't know. I'm sure he's gotten feedback on those videos and he's responding with more videos of similar types. It's called smart social media networking. And Look it up. You know, people want to talk about Teen Titans Go? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So I, I have to bring up Teen Titans Go and I've said it before and I feel like if the original Teen Titans had never aired, I think Teen Titans Go would be way more popular than it is. 
Well, Most here's the problem. It is actually popular. Yeah. Like, I've... Among new viewers or the general... I, overall, it actually is really popular. Whenever they do a new premiere episode, it's generally going and ranging somewhere between uh, 1.5 to 1.9 million viewers. That's mm. kind of the span that we've seen in the last two years. That is a lot for Cartoon Network for premiere episodes. And its average rerun cycle on there is still going and averaging over a quarter of a million, which is really good for any given time slot during the day. Yeah. Look at something like the Samurai Jack reboot, which is pretty well universally praised. You're looking at something that their lowest rated episode garnered, uh, what was it, 0.87 million viewers. And their highest rated episode only went and hit, I think, 1.6 million. So Teen Titans Go, with a lot more episodes, managed to go and hit numbers that even the original Samurai Jack couldn't go and hit consistently and managed to go and beat this limited series revival that has been far and away been one of the best reviewed uh, revivals ever. Teen Titans Go... Yeah, there's some bad episodes. Yeah, if you're looking at it from the perspective of, oh, this is a kid's reboot of Teen Titans that I grew up with in the early 2000s, and I am offended because they went and took this and went and made it into something that I don't like. That wasn't even the original Teen Titans. I mean, that was a comic series that was constantly getting restarted and ended and canceled. And then they made... A really good television series. But why did it get cancelled? Even on an absolutely horrible cliffhanger? Ratings, bitches! The final season was going and ranging under a half a million viewers for new episodes. That's not good. Even by Cartoon Network in 2009 standards, it wasn't good. Remember CN Real? Some of those shows ended up getting higher ratings in the last season of Teen Titans. You just never know what's going to resonate. And true, yeah, that's that's the main information that matters to networkers. And that's what matters to the advertisers. Exactly. It's like, I loved her Young Justice as well. That was an amazing show. And yes, the president of Cartoon Network said some dumbass things about young girls not watching the show. The reality was, it was a ratings comment. It wasn't doing well. The first season did, the second season didn't. I'm glad it's getting revived on DC's streaming service, whether or not that's a success or not. I will be going and subscribing, if for no other reason, to go and watch Young Justice Outsiders. Man, yeah. The real question is, is the original Teen Titans coming back? No. It might be. Oh, I'm the only one that saw Teen Titans go to the movies. Oh, what? Oh. Yeah, what? okay, okay. So oh. I I do not like Teen Titans Go. I got to make that point. But there were a couple of people that I hold in very high esteem that went and took their kids to go and see that movie. Mm-hmm. They were like, dude, did you go and see this? I know you like to go and riff on bad movies. Did you see this? I was like, no, I haven't seen it. It's good. What? Like... It's dumb. Don't get me wrong. It is not good in the Teen Titan perspective, but it's actually funny. Everything that I hate about putting that show on and my kids watching it was not in this movie. 
Like, what the hell are you talking about? The Teen Titans killed Bruce Wayne's parents. What? Yeah. I'm going to just spoil part of the movie because I don't think anybody that listens to this podcast really cares all that much. I care. Yeah. Do you? Not, not that much. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Hey, so. Headphones, blinders. See, she's on the podcast and she still doesn't care. Yep. <laughs> no, the show is, or I should say the movie is basically the premise that we've seen if you watch the trailers. These guys want their own movie because superhero movies are big money now. Everybody's getting one these days. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day on where Shazam got a movie. I'm actually kind of excited about that movie, but that's a whole other story. Um, I liked the trailer for Shazam. Yeah, so did I. I and I mean, they're making some really funny jokes about you know who goes and gets movies and all that stuff. Even going and taking it to the logical extreme, considering on how. Uh, you know, Marvel keeps going and adding in a lot more characters, you know, to their movie lineups that people really had not heard of or weren't on the forefront of people's minds up until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, with on how they're going, moving that stuff out. Eventually, we're going to get an Alfred movie. I mean, there's going to be a point where we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Let me kind of make Alfred, uh, I'd actually watch that. Albert, uh, sorry, Alfred is a really interesting character. It, he is. And they make that joke in the movie. But it also depends on what backstory they go with. Yeah, there's about five. Final yeah. career die hard. <laughs> no, but that's that was one of the jokes they did in there that actually worked really well. There's some really funny lines. Like a third of the movie is actually really funny. The other two thirds is just eh, okay, whatever. By um, the way, um Rob, speaking yeah. of Alfred, I want to ask your opinion on this because there okay. is one scene. Or I don't know if it's it was in the comics or if it was in, if it was one of the shows, but there is a scene that a lot of people consider like why this, and they considered there was a bunch of controversy behind it. It was Alfred, like somebody was raiding um, the manor, mm-hmm. and Alfred comes out in his night clothes holding a gun. <laughs> I mean, that happened in an episode of the animated series. That was fun. Mm-hmm. But I remember that that was a, like a controversy at one point. Because it was like, oh, nobody, Batman doesn't use the gun. And I was like, this wasn't Batman, this is Alfred. <laughs> I was yeah. like, who fucking said that Alfred doesn't use a gun? I, I can't say I've heard of that controversy. It wouldn't surprise me. But going back to Teen Titans Go to the Movies, because yep, this, is, this is my point with them killing Bruce Wayne's parents. So the Titans, because this is a kid's movie, ultimately. There's got to be some dumb ideas. They go and come up with the idea that if they just make it so that the superheroes never come into existence, that they'll be the only ones left to get a movie. So they go back in time and go and, like, knock Superman's ship off course so it never crash lands on Earth. They go back in time and go and basically bitch slap uh, Bruce Wayne's parents and go and say, why would you want to go down, down Crime Alley? Go down Happy Street Way. Why would you want to go that way? That's not good. It's like a kind of a funny bit, like the visuals sell it on there. But when they go back to the future, everything is just absolute shit. It's hell. It's like, okay, we screwed up. Basically, immediately go back. And not only did he go and direct the family down Crime Alley, but they even take it to another extreme and go and give Bruce Wayne's mother a pearl necklace <laughs> to go and make her more enticing. It's like, holy shit, they went there. It was. There were some dark jokes in this movie. 
like a third of it, I was laughing my ass off in the seats. I mean, it was, there were some good funny moments. The rest of it was just kind of eh, but whatever. The big surprise though, and uh, the president in charge of Warner Animation made a comment that they've been rerunning uh, episodes of the original Teen Titans intermittently throughout the course of a week. Well, that was an interesting hand motion there. I'll cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> but they've been going and rerunning episodes of the original Teen Titans, and they've been getting increasing viewership off of them. They're actually doing better right now than they were during their main run on Cartoon Network. So there's been kind of this question of, is there a place for this other Teen Titans uh, continuity when Teen Titans Go starts to go and wane in viewership? Because eventually it's going to happen. You're going to have people aging out of that show that are going to want something more serious. So what they've done as kind of a teaser uh, to what could be a potential project, at the end of the movie, they go and pull a Marvel-style mid-credit sequence where, because Teen Titans Go has the original voice cast or cast from the original Teen Titans, they go and have this voiceover and like a static screen of Robin and everybody else trying to go and make contact. And eventually the screen goes back to an actual picture and it's the original animated Teen Titans. We've been lost forever. Where are we? What time is it? How long has it been? And then it goes and cuts off. They're actually using Teen Titans Go to the movies to go and see if there still is any market interest in doing a more serious Teen Titans and to see on what kind of hype could be generated for it. Interesting. So they're actually looking at potentially reviving Teen Titans for uh, the DC streaming service that's going to be launching either later this year or early next year possibly as a 2020 premiere is is that more uh i'm i don't know if i'm just noticing it more or if uh uh studios are being trying to be more obvious about it or trying to be less secretive about it that they're really putting things out a whole lot more and trying to see if there's interest in stuff like that's the kind of same thing that happened with deadpool where they put out that little clip Mm -hmm. And then it got traction because it's so I feel like in the olden days, they to find out what was trending and what was not trending wasn't really a word even then uh, trending is a word now. Uh, what was what would have traction? Uh, they would have to do a lot of studies. Uh, it was a lot of focus groups. Yeah, focus groups. But now they can literally the Internet is doing that all for them. So they all have to do is just put out like a little teaser trailer and see what happens a teaser of something and then if it explodes and becomes um trending there's the word there's mm -hmm. i guess that's that's a new word now um in such a way if it becomes trending uh then people go oh clearly there is want for this yeah because uh, what what happened i think it was um actually i want to bring up firefly i think that's a good example mm -hmm. of that yeah how people constantly saying hey we want this we want this we want this and then they put out more stuff and then it just still doesn't get picked up yeah but i mean serenity <laughs> yeah so they went and took that big fan outcry 
assuming that there was a larger, you know, interest in this than there actually was, made a movie, and it's still bombed. Yeah. So I think it's just like they they see that there's a large outcry, and then they just now they can just put out a little little tiny teaser that's nothing to them. There's a little tush, and then first one's always free. Uh, and then they see if they gobble it all up, and they're just like, okay, people want this, and then then they proceed. So. I guess that's kind of how things are. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's like they're. It's it's more obvious now. Like I'm noticing it more. But maybe that's because it's just so easy for them to do it this way. Because if they're trying to be like more focused groups, it's kind of hindering them opposed to doing it this way, where they just put it out there, and they want lots of people to see it because then they actually have a broader audience to get a more accurate perception of how well it's wanted. Yeah, well, it's it is shifting, and you're right. They are changing the way that they're collecting information on there, because I I see that Amy wants to go and say something, so I'll make this short. Just look at the Transformers movies; they've been getting worse and worse and worse. The Michael Bay jokes have been getting worse and worse and worse. Last year, you came out with Transformers: The Last Night. It bombs at the box office. It's the first one that's done terrible immediately they switch from the focus group her focus group driven uh demographic marketing over to going and collecting information from regular fan sources now we're getting a soft reboot in bumblebee the movie coming out this christmas and people are legitimately excited about it it's more what people have been asking for since the first transformers movie but a largely ignored uh what i think is more of a silent majority than the her vocal minority that's just like yeah boobs tits explosions because in the marketing demos that's what they found that's what they thought everybody wanted and don't get me wrong we do want you know tits and explosions but you need a little more than that so what Amy, is it you... uh uh <laughs> what, what, what uh, there's a joke uh what's the joke uh aliens tits explosions Aliens with exploding tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. I think the way they gauge the success of a show is incredibly broken. If you compare the successful, the amount of money they have made off the merchandising for the Firefly series versus some of the other, you know, like, like, and because we are so used to streaming, the way you gauge the success of an episode, you can't really gauge it based on the premiere times because people have different schedules and people are now accustomed to not gearing their schedule around the television program they want to see. They're, you know, TV is convenient and available for them when they have time, you know, with, with recording devices that record your episodes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like for me, there's no, sh there, there's no show in recent memory, uh, besides some animes, where I have to watch it the day it comes out. I don't know. But I, I just think that's the Netflix style of watching things. You watch it all in like a couple sittings. You wait till it's all out. And if they're still gauging on this archaic way, they're going to not get appropriate gauges for what is actually enjoyable and what people actually want more of. It, it's definitely changing, thankfully. But part of that's also coming along with television in the traditional sense dying we're in the golden age as far as television production is concerned 
there's a lot more small studios that are producing stuff. It's a lot easier to get things onto something like a Netflix than what it used to be trying to get it on network television. And yeah, it's becoming harder to go engage things based on viewership because yeah, you don't have that initial premiere period to go and base everything on. But it's still our, how do I put this? The new system is working. I mean, we go and see on how Netflix, Hulu, and some of the other services, Amazon Prime, are actually going engaging success. And they're changing the way that they're marketing shows as well based around that. So that people are more aware of when a whole series comes out and being able to go and uh, collect data on how interested people are the completion rate of series versus how many people went or, or went and watched it on this exact day i do have to bring up game of thrones mm -hmm. uh because i think that's the only one other one that right now is the coming out every sunday and then you're like waiting for it that's the yeah. one where you wait day to day or week by week to wait for that because it's i i think that's just hbo in general I mean, Game yeah. of Thrones is the big ticket item on there, but I mean, they do really well with all their shows. It's just a question of what has the broadest appeal. But yeah, I totally understand. I mean, there's very few examples that I can think of anymore. I mean, other than The Good Place, I can't think of a network television oh! show that I'm actually watching. But that's Sorry, that's going to come out. That's going to come I... out on Netflix, isn't it? Because that's it does. Thing. And that's what hooked me is Netflix came yes. out the whole first season. So then I tuned in every week on Hulu for the second season. Yeah. It's only on, is it not on Netflix? They're not going and premiering them in real time on Netflix, but they are doing them on Hulu because uh, NBC Universal, who produces the show, uh, owns a large uh, percentage of Hulu. So that's the like, exclusive premiere partner. And then after the whole season is done, yeah. Netflix gets a hold of it. Is it's kind of like still not done yet. Are they still on season two? Is season no, two no, done season yet? two's been done for a while. It's, st it's still on, on Netflix here, and I've only watched half of it. This is I, I talked about this on our podcast like fucking half a year ago now. The Good Place is yeah. the closest embodiment of my sense of humor I have ever had a show come to. That show has made me laugh to tears, which is like a feat. I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's great. And like also, they have the best invention ever. It's like a soda machine for shrimp. And like, like it's just a shrimp dispenser. I, mean, I didn't know that damn thing was gonna come up. That is my version of heaven. Is shrimp whenever I want them. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, well, like, not sorry. The other one, the other one is a uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I really like. But like Brooklyn Nine Nine, as soon as the season ends, then it comes on Netflix, and I can just watch it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So I don't even watch it on television and then that's the one that also got dropped and picked up recently so yeah that one got dropped by fox but nbc actually produces the show so they picked it up on nbc now but that one i see more as an unfortunate casualty because fox went and picked up thursday night football from nbc so they've got one less day of programming during the fall which would be the peak season for that and uh NBC now suddenly needs an actual pull that can go and compete with football. So that was kind of sad, but I'm still happy about it. I do love that show. Although Maybe you like anything but football. 
Sorry, I don't like sports. Shut your freckled mouth. My mouth is not freckled. My nose is. I'm sorry, I appear to have lost my ability to curse. <laughs> um, son of a fish stick. Four kids. <laughs> We're definitely produced by four kids. I, uh, what Where's my lollipop? So, uh, season t I still haven't gotten season two of The Good Place on, uh, on, uh, Netflix. No, yeah, yeah, but at least you got Reboot the Guardian Code season two on YTV. So Is that on YTV? I don't think that came out on YTV. No, it, it did. I was <laughs> watching a thing the other day. <laughs> That's why you haven't seen it on Netflix. To summarize? To summarize, I want to play a quick round of movie Mary Kill. Is it Bang Mary Kill? I want you to list three recent shows, preferably adult cartoons, one that you wish would just keep going, one that you wish would have a movie and end, and one that you want to end immediately. It's called Movie Mary Kill. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> So, movie, Venture Brothers, because I'm tired of these multiple year hiatuses. They just came, they just got a new season starting right now. I know, exactly. I'm done I with these multi-year hiatuses, though. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I just, I want a resolution. Just get, give me a movie, end it, and get me an anthology box set. I need God. that in my life. Love that show. I just... I don't want it to go on too long or to go and have so many years of hiatus mm. that it just loses its entire audience and dies a horrible death. I just don't want that to happen. Okay. Okay, so wait, what 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 were the category what, Let what category? Finish, Tyler. Okay. I, I'm totally but, confused. Do we all just want to go and do our movie and then we'll go on to the rest? I'm already no. confused on the categories. It's, I don't even know it's why. It's like bang Mary Kill. It's movie Mary Kill. Mary means you want it to just keep going. Like you don't think you'll ever get sick of that show. Kill okay. ended immediately. Okay. So Rob wants to marry wants some Venture Bros movie. Yeah. So uh, wait, is it is it you want like so it'd be cancel to cancel the show, uh, renew to keep it going, and then movie to just kind of have a finalization of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, to give it a proper send off. So, uh, movie renew cancel. Yeah, that works. We can hear you, Cole. Breathing deep. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking because literally I have nothing. Yeah. Just start Googling. Start Googling. You got a minute to go and figure this out here. Um, just, just list off random celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rob, Rob, finish yours. You got, okay, you, got okay. you, you, you did your movie. Okay, so I got my movie there. Um, my renewal uh, actually did recently get renewed. Uh, I, I know the fan base is horribly toxic but i do love rick and morty i think that one's still got a lot of distance to go so i want to keep seeing more of that so hopefully that one doesn't go too long or go or go on too long and um pull a family guy on us because there is a point where you just run out of ideas and you just do bullshit like that so uh that one i still think has a lot of uh upward mobility so that's my renew and uh Cancel. It's actually kind of easy for me because most of the shows that I do want canceled uh, in adult animation have been canceled already. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Family Guy gone because there's just there's nothing left there. It's a husk. Like even The Simpsons has had a couple of good episodes here and there, 
but Family Guy has not in years. So that's my list. Mine's very similar. I mm-hmm. want Rick and Morty definitely to stay around. We didn't talk about that, but mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, the new season just yeah. Yeah, I just we'll need, I need uh I need to have less time between things. You know, You're not going to be dealing with that anymore. Have you heard the news on that? No. Okay, so uh, part of the reason why it took so long between seasons is that the way that uh, uh, William Street Entertainment, which is Adult Swim, because it is actually a separate holdings company than Cartoon Network, but it's all part of Turner Broadcasting. It's very weird. It's a shell game. Um the way that they normally do stuff is they'll only go and do season by season commitments Uh and they won't even do contract negotiations until a season has ended and they review ratings, impact rewatches throughout the week. They've got actually a very good system for that when it comes to gauging interest, not necessarily based purely on ratings, but they won't even talk to the producers of the show until after it's done. One of the robot chicken jokes is, you guys are canceled because it's really canceled until like a year later when they decide to pick it up and do another season. Um, in the case of Rick and Morty, because it has broken records both for the Cartoon Network broadcasting channel as well as for William Street Entertainment uh, with its weekly ratings just by itself, let alone reruns. Uh, after season three went and finished, they immediately went into contract negotiations and Part of the reason on why it took so long to go and get any word whether or not there was going to be another season, like, Mr. Poopy Butthole basically teased that there would be another season, but we don't know when. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be sending his kid off to college at that point. Uh, it was just because the staff for that show had been very frustrated. They have a lot of good guys on there. And trying to keep a team like that together really does require a large amount of commitment. Part of the reason why Harmon Quest and a couple of other uh, Dan Harmon Productions and Justin Roiland Productions have been going on during the same period of time that Rick and Morty's been in development is because they just cannot go and get a consistent enough job offer to go and put everything in together. It's not like when uh, they were doing Community, for example, where they knew it was going to be running for multiple seasons. Rick and Morty has been a season-to-season commitment. They struggled in negotiation for about four months trying to go and come to a deal. And they settled now on four seasons they've committed to now. So we're going to be getting four seasons of Rick and Morty. They're going and working on writing the episodes now. So this season, there's probably going to be a year's wait Mm -hmm. for the new season to premiere. But the next season's you'll go and have their 13 episode runs end and six months later, you'll get another 13 episodes. Oh, good. Yeah. So you're not going to be getting these long breaks in between. It'll go and be more the way that a traditional broadcast season would be done. Or like what they do with shows like squid billies, where it costs like 35 cents to go and produce an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Two seasons a year. Uh, I don't think you'll actually see that with Rick and Morty because they put more thought into their writing than that show, but they'll, They'll be producing them a lot faster on there. Okay, so keep freaking Morty. I want another South Park movie. <laughs> I I'd be okay like, with that. Right? Like, I don't know. You can do so much more. It'd be cool to see. I would even like, like a Rick and Morty movie, but I don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, end immediately. Family die. Yeah, it's done. And but, I have also, but like, I mean, I would say Simpsons, but I wasn't originally enticed by the show, so it's not really up to me to kill that show. But definitely, die the bye. I just gotta go and pause us here real quick, just because this reminded me of something. Do you guys know what Justin Roiland actually looks like? No. Google Justin Roiland. Tell me who he reminds you of. Who is that? Uh, he's the uh, co-creator of Rick and Morty and like half of the Aww, voices. It's a little cool. What? I don't <laughs> see cool. I had to say I John. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Ed Sheeran. Yeah. It's like Cole, John, and Ed Sheeran all had an orgy and somehow their semen collaborated into one man. That was just yeah. This is like the third time you put me with something else. Yeah. Tonight. She's trying to tell you something, Cole. Apparently, I'm not good enough for myself. Aww. You have to find you your other man. Half as good as Justin Roiland, or a third as good as Justin Roiland, because it matches up with two other people. Apparently. <laughs> hey, I wish I was even. I wish I was even a fifth of Justin Roiland. I'm not anywhere near that scope. Do I get to say mine yet? Yes, yes. We're we're off pause now. Just I was out at lunch with John a little while ago, and somebody uh, from the restaurant walked up and went, "I'm sorry, but are you Justin Roiland?" (laughs) (laughs) And John was like, "I have no idea who that is." And I had to go and look it up. It's just like, wait, wait. Oh dear God, that's who he reminds me of. Yeah. I'm not even joking. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Are you Justin Roiland? <laughs> Are you Justin Roiland? No. No way. Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, now he knows. So it's just like, okay, oh, if geez, anybody else Rick. ever does that, oh, no, an autograph. Jeez. Oh, God. We just, we got to get out of here, Rick. Oh, jeez, uh, oh, Rick. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, 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 Rick. Uh. That's a really bad impression. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I try. That's what it's going for. I think the worse it is, the better it is. Yeah. Maybe that I, note, I might be able to do one. Do it. Try it. Oh, jeez, oh, Rick. I just don't... No, I can't do any of the Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, dear. Oh, boy, Rick. Oh, we're boy, gonna, we're into a spite now there, Rick. Okay, it's your turn. And then Cole's turn. And then... What are we talking about? What's what's the question? Um, what? Movie renew cancel. Oh, shit. I, I don't know. Um... I want to see a Voltron movie. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to. That's only got thirteen episodes left. I want to. Oh, what? I thought the. Okay, yeah. I want to. I. What did I want to? I had an idea what I wanted to renew. What the fuck was it? It was in my head. I had this. I had it, and then I lost it, and it's gone. But I want it back. You'll never get it back. I'll never get it back. I've lost it. I got nothing. I I had a thing. Um, and I don't know what to cancel because I just I don't watch a whole lot of things. And if I wanted it canceled, then it would be, I just don't watch it already. You haven't watched a bad Netflix cartoon or something like that, and just went. No, I'm pretty careful of that. I I try to uh, I try I like I see things and then I just don't click on them or watch things until I see a lot of 
like people talking about it. And then that's when I go, oh, if a lot of people are talking about this, it must be good. And then I go watch it. Um, Whatever. You're always watching TV, I'm sure. You see, I, I had something for renewed and I, I completely forgot it. What the fuck was I going to say? I'm upset. Think, think about it. Because, I mean, I just. I'm bad because I'll just watch stuff because I don't really want to go and have any tainted opinions because of something that somebody else says. I try to do that, but like yeah. I only have so much time. Yeah, it's it's not like my utter despise of the Magic School Bus rides again. Ah, I'll cancel that. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that and I was just like, oh, this already looks off to a bad start. Yeah. Um. God, I had a renew one. What is it? Damn it to hell. It's frustrating me now because I had it. I had it perfect. I was like this. And it was Why don't we like oh, it was Harvest Quest. That's what it was. <laughs> like, I want more Harmon's Quest because I really like it and I think it's hilarious. So I want to renew more Harmon's Quest. Give me more. Give me, give me more. Give me more. Yeah, because so many of our listeners are Britney Spears fans. But <laughs> Cole. Bang, Mary, kill, but with hmm. shows. Cancel, movie, renew. <laughs> Um, is, Amer- is American Dad canceled f- yet? Uh, I, don't I, I don't think there's really been enough word on it, but it has not done great in the ratings, so probably. Good. American Dad. That's my cancel. Because I think it's garbage. <laughs> Whatever. Um, keep Rick and Morty, because I like it. It's actually a good show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What was the last one? Uh movie. Oh, movie. Um. What yeah, show do you up. want to just fuck? And that's it. <laughs> if we're using that allegation. For a movie, one two-hour fuck. <laughs> uh, the average length of a movie, Cole. Keep up. I know what that you're talking about. I just don't know what to, what I would want as a movie. Because knowing me, I probably wouldn't even watch it. <laughs> uh, that's that's a self-deprecating humor. Huh. I. I just don't. I just don't know. There's just not really anything that I would care enough if, to have a movie. If you don't well, like let, movies based on shows, that's fine. Yeah, let, let me go and no, address. No, I, I like some movies that are based on shows, and I just, just you know how my track record when it comes to movies is. Let Let me ask you this though: Is there mm-hmm. maybe, is there maybe an animated TV show that you thought died too early, didn't resolve well? Yeah, you know, something like Teen Titans or Symbiot her Symbionic Titan. Boy, there's there's a lot of shows of Titan that don't end well for me. Or Kimba uh, the White Lion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, something like that. I know one now. Yeah. Uh, there's a show that ended too early for me that I thought would have been really good, and that was Dragon oh. Booster. Oh. Okay, that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting Clerks the animated series. No. Oh my I god, didn't. yes, renew it. <laughs> you, already, uh, you already used yours. 
That was I was great. just throwing out one I thought that Cole would go and say. <laughs> no, he's never seen it. I don't think Cole's ever seen that. I've seen one episode. I think I've watched like one episode no, of it. No, yeah, you gotta go to the average. If, either There's you watch all of it, <laughs> then I don't think I've watched it then. Yeah, no, there is no I've watched one episode. <laughs> but no, Dragon Bo- I think Dragon Booster would be not would be mine because I really like that show. If and you it, want, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just gonna. And I just die. In my personal opinion, it just died just turn Plus, it was down. I'm done. And then Amy can talk us out. On that note, if you would like to make us into a movie or renew us, you can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram, uh, graffiti on the bathroom stall at the rest stop on I on seventy seven on I five. Uh, and Apple. in the AFK bathroom. Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, please uh, give us comments and let us know if there's anything you want us to touch on. If uh, we're trying to get more guests, so if there's any guests you really want us to interview, let us know and we'll reach out to them and see what we can do. Uh, okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.